0: morning um, the service you're about to watch was filmed before we knew the results of the election um, I wish I had something you know wonderful and marvelous to uh, to say that matches this occasion the good news is our democracy stands I'm proud of everyone uh, who participated in our process it was really important that we each and every one of us did, Um, These difficult years um, have helped many of us to realize the new ways and experience uh, the depth of the work that needs to be done to bring wholeness to our community. So I trust that the Holy Spirit will guide us through uh, through all of it. We have um, our first female, first black vice president of the United States, and I can't let the moment pass without acknowledging that, without celebrating that room, that, that power, your power, your correct use of power made room for something to happen in our country that's never happened before. that that room was made again for for people of color, for black people in particular, and for women. And so we celebrate that. And um, I'm thrilled. I'm just really thrilled. She is um, the epitome of a sister filled with elegance and class and determination and professionalism and a clear understanding of her personal power. Um, and there are she not perfect. She is not uh, and there, there are arguments that I could sit down and have with her for days and days but um, It means something that she's there and so I'm grateful for that um, and um, our brother Keith, who helped us with our service, uh, did worship for us for, for you know a couple of months when the um, when COVID first started. He said something that I want to quote. Now, this is what Keith said. This is not what I said because I have to be careful what I say in relation to the church because I am president and pastor of our nonprofit, which is supposed to be nonpartisan. And so Keith said this, not me. So he said that, um, as far as he's concerned, black people saved democracy this week. And he wanted uh, me to share that and just to think about how cool and healing that is in our world today. Um, I'm proud of our participation. Um, in democracy. I'm proud of each and every one of you for participating as well. And I'm grateful to our God for hearing all of our prayers and for acting in ways that demonstrate our freedom, uh, that helped us to demonstrate our freedom, the freedom to vote being key. So we have much work to do ahead to heal, to restore, to reconcile our country um and to help our world move forward so let's get to it uh, starting with our service today i pray you enjoy it god bless you and i'll see you at the end of service Hi, I'm Pastor Angel Halstead. I am the senior pastor here at Mosaic Community Church in Philadelphia, and we welcome you here today. Um, We're gonna have another different kind of service today um, that's filled with music and prayer and a bit of sharing. As we come to the close, we hope, of this election, they're just some things that I've been thinking about. It's been a very stressful week. It's been the week before was stressful with the riots and things that were going on after uh, the murder of um, our brother um, Walter Wallace Jr. And so, trying to get lifted and moving forward, we've entered into the election, and the roller coaster ride these days have been as a result. Um, but we're drawing to a close and we praise God for that. We praise God that that our freedoms and our right to vote and every vote being counted is being honored and we can move forward in the next phase of what God has for us to do. So, again, it's just a little bit different. I'm just going to share for a little bit and then we'll have um, more singing and prayers um, And we meet you. Uh, to be with us and join us as we pray, as we seek God's face today. So thank you for being here. There are um, those within Christian faith that I can say I, I don't understand. When I consider how faith has been used and exercised in this, these last few years in this election in our time of illness with COVID, this pandemic, with our weakened economy. I, I, there's just so much you know, that I don't understand. I'm one, when I first came to Christ, I encountered the scripture that said, "And all you're getting, get understanding. And so I try so very hard to understand different perspectives and understand different points of view. But the things that have been happening in our world, that have been highlighted, that have revealed who we are. I don't know what to do with. And I'm not surprised, I'm just constantly disappointed. So it's it's just been difficult and this week is like a culmination of all of that coming together. And it's been hard to figure out what to say to you because I wanna be everybody's pastor and I wanna be a real person too. And so, being able to bring all of me together with that and share is uh, is what I need to do. What I'd like to do. I think it's an honest. There's an honesty about that in our sharing together. Um, so again, I have a few thoughts, um, and I am tasked with being careful because, as we are formally organized as a as a. Federally recognized nonprofit. I can't be partisan, and I would never begin to tell anyone who to vote for. You vote. You think for yourself. I need you to think for yourself. So I'm just going to share a few things based on my understanding of the gospel. You know, it's it's clear that we read the same Bible if if we are people who believe in the triune God and that God entered time and space in the person of Jesus Christ who lived a life of example before us, struggled with the powers that resulted in his death. And then because of his love, because of his purity, because he was he was fully man but never sinned death couldn't hold him and so he rose from the grave and has shared that with us for all of us who who engage the same book and follow the same jesus sometimes i I struggle because I mean I think we say we follow the same book and we are following the same Jesus. And maybe it's something, you know, women, I'm a woman, and usually we we look at ourselves first. Maybe it's me, maybe, maybe it's beyond my understanding, maybe you know, it's beyond my intellect or, or my relationship with the spirit of the living God. I'm I'm just left perplexed by how some of my, our, siblings, live and think. And, and the worship, not the going to a church service worship, but the living of our lives worship, how that worship is being done, it, it confuses me. It angers me. It scares me and i'm not talking about the need for anybody to be perfect lord knows i'm not perfect I, I i i just don't get it i just don't get why it's so hard why it's so hard for people to act in loving ways toward others i i don't get it to treat People like you want to be treated seems like okay so there it is treat people the way you want to be treated it's funny to me you know because god knowing our hearts god didn't say uh the person you're looking at has value and worth so love them god knew us you know it's like jesus came jesus was the one that said these things and in, in 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 matthew the 22nd chapter um so jesus was like he was asked, what's the greatest commandment? And and so when I'm speaking here, I'm speaking of the second portion of that, of what Jesus' response was. And it was to love your neighbor as you love yourself. It's like God saying, I know you guys. And so, look, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to leverage human selfishness. So you really have a way to understand what I'm saying. You love you. Humanity is struggling with selfishness. You love you. So let's just start right there. I'm requiring that you love you. You love others the way you love you. So so you can't say, oh, I, I don't understand what that means, Lord. Or you can't say, oh, I can't do that. Because if I can love myself, if self-preservation is in me, if I make sure I eat, if I make sure you know I have a room over my head, loving people the way I want to be loved or the way I love myself, that that seems pretty clear to me. I'm gonna treat me with favor. I'm gonna treat me with respect. I'm gonna honor myself. And maybe I've struggled with self-esteem in some portions, but there's a thread of understanding that I've always had when my self-esteem was low. I had a, I, I, I understood some things about loving myself and wanting to treat people with that same kind of respect that I wanted. So again, there's no excuse for not doing that, for not getting that, you know? So it leaves me, in the things that I've witnessed, it leaves me perplexed. It leaves me puzzled, confused, mystified, and I even get stunned sometimes. I just, the things that have been said at rallies, I get stunned. Not that they were said, but that people cheered. And many of these people that were cheering about these things that were said, these negative, hateful things that were said, would say, I'm a follower of Jesus. And the great commandment, the second one, portion of that, loving others the way you want to be loved, I can't see cheering some of those things. Saying, yeah. I'm supposed to love others like I love me. So, basic things. I don't want to make $7 and change. I know I can't live on it. So, why would I want that for someone else? I don't want to be a teacher paid to work 8 hours, but then I'm expected really to work 12 hours or more. Why would I expect that from someone else? I don't want to be uh, an essential worker making anywhere from 7 bucks and change an hour to over a $100 an hour. And people like, act like I better do the, the job that I'm hired for. And, and then they turn around and not give a doggone about me or the consequences, especially in this time of COVID, the consequences that come to my life because I'm doing these essential jobs that must be done to keep people alive and functioning. Whether it's in a grocery store or being a sanitation worker or or working in a hospital in the, uh, the keeping the place clean and, and, and sanitized working as a nurse working as a doctor you know when we needed them we were all you know seven o'clock go outside and clap and applaud for our medical, Professionals who were out there for our police officers, for our our our, our sanitation workers, we were there cheering because in the grocery store workers, because we needed them and we wanted to say thank you. And then I watch on television as someone accuses doctors who are putting their lives in jeopardy every day to help us to figure out how to end this crisis and take care of sick people are accused of rigging this of of, of uh, participating in some conspiracy uh, and earning extra money with everybody who dies, so they make the number higher. I, 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 I am perplexed, stunned by that kind of uh, thinking, and that people stand around who name Jesus themselves as followers. And cheer and go, Yeah, that's right. What is going on? I don't even need to mention that the the black and Latino mothers and fathers who have to send their kids in the world every day and don't don't even know if their kids are gonna come back home, not because they encountered Lawlands, lawlessness, but they fear lawlessness and the and the law. They fear the police just like they fear some person wanting to rob and harm their kids. I don't want that for my kids. I don't believe that anybody wants that for their kids. So why would you Why would you not want to correct that? So, everybody's kids can return to them after an encounter with the police. The first to argue no, white, blue lives matter. All lives matter. All lives are not at risk equally. So, but you know, we're Christians. So, In this time, people have made some political choices and things because we're Christians and we want to talk about how sacred the life of the unborn are. Their lives are sacred, we want to say that. But as soon as those bodies are born, especially if they're black and brown bodies, you could care less for those bodies. And the worry becomes if those little brown and Black bodies are going to cost you and I money, so we're Christians and we want them to be born, but then after they're born, we could care less. I'm perplexed. I'm confused by that. I'm I'm just going to, doesn't make any sense to me. I worked. In there with folks because as a young person I did believe life is sacred I want life to continue working there working with folks like that taught me a lot they taught me that people come into those places who've been raped by brothers and fathers and husbands and boyfriends raped and abused and a carrying. Ch- I don't I can't even I learned a lot so I'm not even gonna go deep into that I'm just gonna say We want babies to be born. We're Christians. I want babies to be born. But once they're born, then they're a bother. But we, we're Christians. You and I are Christians and we're grateful for God for giving us second chances and third, fourth, and fifth chances in the course of our lives. We're coming before the Lord for, for forgiveness of the things that we have done. That in some time, in some cases, if we were caught by the law, we would be in jail. In other cases, they're contrary to the commands of God, and we want forgiveness. But yet, we're okay with folks serving my, serving life sentences for minor, non-violent offenses because they hit three strikes and you're out and their lives have been destroyed. No rehabilitation, just lock them up so that they can enter into the prison industrial complex. So folks like, you know, I like can make a bunch of money. I just get confused. You and I are Christian and we, yet we pretend that the the facts about poor people Black people, brown people dying of COVID is a lie. We don't see that if Jesus were here, well, it doesn't even have to be here. But when Jesus was living on earth in his time, that Jesus was with the, the poor. He was in the hood with the poor. And with those who didn't have status, they weren't Roman citizens. They weren't high up in the church. They were people who lived, were getting by, scraping by, trying to figure out how they were going to be fed the next day. And if tragedy comes, you know, they were, you know, their version of a paycheck away from a horrible situation. But we don't, we don't see the similarities that Jesus was in the hood and if a disease came and took a community that he was a part of that community that didn't have the resources to fight. But we don't care because I can sit home and I get to work from home and use my laptop and go to rallies with no mask on, and then go sit up, you know, watch church or go to church. I get, I'm just, And, and I get confused even more so because we don't seem to know or realize, you know, when we're reading the scripture, we see ourselves in, and align ourselves with Jesus or we align ourselves with the poor person or the person that was sick and needs to be healed or you know, whatever that situation is but we rarely, if ever see ourselves in the Romans or in the religious leaders that we're reading and the truth is most of us are well resourced most of us I'm really, actually, aligned with them. Instead of the poor. And instead of Jesus. So, if we were to really humble ourselves and be honest, we could see in their stories what we need to be saved from. So we could honor loving our neighbors as ourselves. So, I have been watching, like you have been watching, the things that have been going on in our world for these, intensely because we've had to stop for these months. I've experienced my own as a woman and as a person of, of, as a black woman. In this world so I already knew things so no I am NOT surprised but I keep trying to have hope I keep trying to hold my head up and not give up I keep trying but the weight of this stuff the weight of watching people who say they love Jesus discard people. The way we've done. So, please hear me. I'm calling out, yes, the white evangelical church there are people in the black church, there are people who are part of uh, Latinx communities, Asian communities, Messianic Jewish communities that have believed in ways and lived in ways that I'm calling out also. So I'm calling all of us out not playing favorites i'm not reversing any kind of discrimination discrimination or racism i'm calling out all of us who are not loving our neighbors the way we want to be loved and it's really easy to see it's not difficult it's not so hard so there are no excuses right jesus was really clear jesus was really clear and again he gave us a bottom line he didn't say oh see the value in somebody he said no you're going to see because we're selfish we, we, we already hold on to our own value so i'm going to start with that and i'm just going to tell you to love the people the way you love you so you don't have anything to figure out you can just go ahead that's what you're supposed to do all right but then there's more i think we're missing you know because that's clear that's clear there's something i think we're missing even with that clarity Again, these scriptures are found in Matthew 22 verses 34 through 40. And you can find it in Mark 12 verses 28 through 31. A man approached Jesus and asked him, what is the greatest commandment? And Jesus shared with him the the first, the greatest commandment and the second one. So what was the first commandment? The first commandment was to love the Lord, our God, with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our might or strength. This, Jesus said, is the first and greatest commandment. And Jesus then said this, and the second is just like the first. The second is just like the first. Why would Jesus say the second is just like the first? The first is the greatest commandment. Yes, I'm going to give God my I'm going to love God with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my strength. That is the commandment. Then I have the second one. I'm supposed to love others as myself. But he said this. This is the greatest commandment and the second is just like it. Not similar. He said the second is just like meaning these two go together. You can't have one without the other. Because it is the same. Jesus is saying you can't love God unless you're actively loving. God demonstrates love through loving. You love God that way. And if you love God that way, then it overflows to everything else. You can't love God unless you love others. You can't. It doesn't work like that first John 4 20 said this whoever claims to love God yet hates his brother or sister is a liar it's a liar for whatever but for whoever does not love their sibling whom they have seen can't love God who they haven't seen scripture makes it clear you can't love anybody especially bodies that don't look like your body unless you give them all your heart, all your soul all your might, your strength that's love you see we give a poor substitute and we want to say that that's love but God has defined it very clearly for us Love God with everything you got, your heart, your soul, your strength, everything you got. This is the first greatest commandment, and the second one is just like it. I'm supposed to love my neighbor the same way. God says and, and God made it clear in 1st John you can't say you love God and hate me hate my, my black little skin my brown skin my female parts uh, my gay parts my, my, my poor parts my rich parts you can't say you love God and not love other people the way you want to be loved you can't you're a liar I didn't say it, scripture does. You're a liar. And so when I watch everything that's going on before me and people are calling the name of Jesus and we have all these religious institutions, we have seminaries and all, you know, all this schooling, all this education, we have all this stuff and people, we're a, a God focused Christian country that hates But somehow we play this game, this dissidence thing goes on in our heads where somehow we get to think we're loving God really, really well. And when we love people a little bit less, we give them a poor substitute for love. They should be satisfied with that. And if we say that we're really loving them, when our actions are showing that we're not, somehow God is going to believe this flim flam game that we got to offer him. And I'm supposed to believe it and sign on to it. And I've watched four years of somebody saying stuff that's not true and... People co-signing on stuff and and then other people saying false stuff and co-signing on it. And then the truth comes out and people don't believe it and co-sign on it. I don't understand this foolishness. And then we want to say we are a Christian country that loves God. Somebody help me. (laughs) I'm going to show my age now. Remember how Kmart used to have its blue light specials? You get in there and you hear ding, 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 ding. Attention Kmart shoppers. Well, I wanna say it this way. Ding, 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 ding. Attention Christian Kmart shoppers. Cheap grace shoppers. I'm not accepting your cheap substitutes for love anymore. And I'm not going to be quiet about it. Mm -mm. I have tried to live my life in a way that gave opportunity for dialogue. So people could talk to me to demonstrate, to be present to them, to listen, to try to understand. I thought that might be the way that we were supposed to deal with stuff. And then I go back and look at the scripture and how Jesus dealt with folks. Especially us church religious folk. Jesus would just call people out. You generation of vipers. I don't want anybody calling me that. I really don't. But you see, I don't want to change my behavior. It's like people don't want to change our behavior. We just don't want people to call us out. But it is. We've become. We are. this generations. Generations now. That'll bite and suck the life out of somebody. Use them up. Abuse another human being. And then want to be praised and found worthy in God's eyes. When God said very simply, hear the commandments, love me with all you got and then take all you got because that's how you want to love yourself and love everybody else. All right, Jesus, we're going to follow you. We're going to have slaves. We're going to abuse women. We're going to mess up with kids and abuse them. We're not going to provide food and shelter and safety. Oh, health care? Oh, no. You, people just want to be, they just want something for nothing. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I got scared this week. I thought things were going to go very differently. And then... And, and I had to explore the reason for that. I have never felt so unsafe in the world, in my life. Now, some people are going to say, I go too far. I, you know, when you, know you got your aptitude test and they were scoring you on th- things, abstract reasoning, I got a perfect score. I can take things, flip it around, look at it, extrapolate some things. and what I saw was, you know, they say people vote their self-interest. And Christians vote their self-interest. When God tells us that we should consider the interest of others. I've preached that sermon, the interest of others from Philippians, the second chapter. And so... In the interest, self-interest, we would let COVID go on. We let people be hungry. We are mad at teachers and people for trying to keep our or, or school administrators for trying to keep our kids safe and not spreading COVID all over the place. For the sake of self-interest, we have sold, you know, our medical folks down the river. For the sake of self-interest, we just we just keep doing these things. And I and and, and I have to sit back and go, how much more? If things were worse and we needed to sacrifice some more people, who would we sacrifice? And how far would we go? People say we'll never go back to places we've been. These events have taught me that we could, we could. There are groups of people Who want that. And there are groups of people who want that. And I'm stunned in 2020 because Christians make up a large number. There are times I want to give up. There are times I want to walk away from all of this. There are times I want to say, Christianity is just garbage, man. There are times I've almost given up. It's true. Stop going to church. I don't want to talk about God. I don't want to talk about people. I'm gonna do my God thing by myself. But the Lord's taught me that God is community. So I can't do my Christian thing by myself because I was created for community. And I could find little substitutes, uh, little gatherings and things to be, you know, okay. But there's some things that God has charged me with. And I believe it, that I'm supposed to help make this world better. So I can't give up. And, And then God has given you and me some promises. Simply the instruction. Don't grow weary and well-doing. I know this is hard, and it's hard to stay this course. No gain, no pretense. Been there. Want to give up. But God says, in due season, we will reap if we faint not. I have seen a better life than many, far too many of my ancestors have experienced. They didn't give up so I could be here. I can't give up so my kids and your kids, no matter what color they are, what economic status they come from, whether they're, they're, they're binary or non-binary, no matter, that our kids will be, go beyond us, go further. We can't give up. We need to love God. We need to love others like ourselves. And I thought about what I should tell you to do because I want to have a practical application here's my practical application you know how you, the world says you don't talk about religion or politics you gotta talk about that but not like we used to do it no, you don't talk about religion because religion has failed us we talk about God talk about God with other people. And we don't talk about politics. No, we talk about life together because the real definition of politics is the negotiation of our life together. So we talk about God and we can have a conversation with people out of the genuine honesty of our hearts. I really love God and God has been blessing me I have learned through meditation through deep breathing from yoga practices how to take care of myself God has been filling me up and overflowing me and and I'm in a place where I've done that and now I want to think about how I can reach out and love other people what are you doing because I don't like the way church has been i got to stay away from that stuff because it's killing me I'm not participating in that so so what are you doing now and, and, and to help me help me think about how I can live and love God and love people differently. That's the conversation. That's the evangel- evangelism. How do I do that? Life together. How do we live better? What things can we do to engage people in that way? And make disciples. Joining with one another. And making our world better. The old way we did it, Romans Road for spiritual law. Man, I didn't want to participate in that kind of stuff. I just, I just felt like it was spiritual fornication so I could come back and tell people. I had three people tell, them, say the sinner's prayer and got saved and people can cheer me on. And I just felt like it was spiritual fornication. I get my, my, my wham bam, thank you ma'am. And I don't even know their, real, their, their names fully and can do anything to help them grow in Christ. But I got them saved. No. But when I can enter into a relationship with my neighbor and we have these conversations... We can go deep. And they know it comes from a pure place in my heart and not a manipulation so I can go make my church happy. That's better. That's real. That's what we can do. And it's not easy. Got to overcome the fear. Got to love to be able to have those kind of conversations. Got to love the world. Love our community. Want to make our community better and recognize we can't do it by ourselves. And hiding. There's no excuses. We can't hide. We hide, the world gets worse. We participate, the world gets better. Real love is needed today. No substitutes. Call me out on it. If I present you with a substitute, I'm gonna call you out on it. We can't play. It's dangerous out here. In the blink of an eye, circumstances can change and people are put at threat. And lives end. God has a unique call for us as a church. We're going to walk it. We're going to live it. God's going to show us. Yes, God will. So don't give up. Love God with everything you got. I'll love you. With everything I got. Please love me.
1: Good morning, Mosaic. I'm coming to you tired and still rattled and anxious and weary and yet so proud of our little city in our corner of the world. It's been the longest week of my life, but the year at least. And it's 2020, so you know that I'm not taking that lightly or saying it lightly. I hope today and during this service that you find a calm sliver of heaven on earth and of peace and a sense of connectedness. I know we've been saying that a lot that yes, the Zoom, the virtual things just help us feel more connected. But today I want to challenge you to really dig deep into that um, sense of connection that we're trying to create, though we can't be together. When Pastor Angel told me that her sermon was entitled Giving Up Is Not An Option, I immediately thought of a hymn that I grew up singing called I'm Pressing On. And then I started thinking about my roots and my lovely, lovely church family that raised me, I feel like. Um, And in light of this week's events, and you know, I'm from Oklahoma and We're really, really red there and that was really disappointing to me, albeit not surprising. But I started thinking about my roots and how easy it would be to just move on and divorce myself from that part of my life. But then I think of Angel's title, giving up is not an option and it makes me think of the fact that giving up on those people is not an option for me loving them and doing my best to help them love others like they should um is not an option so that's what i'm thinking about this week and i wanted to be transparent this is a um this hymn has a lot of emotional um depth for me and i wanted to share it with you all (laughs) It was written by Johnson Oatman Jr., who was a fabulous American hymnologist. He wrote some three thousand hymns, and this one is one of his more popular ones. He has a really a ton of popular ones, though. But this one is one of my favorites of his. It was written inspired by um, a handful of verses, some Psalms of Ascent, but mainly drawn from Philippians 3, 12 through 14. And I want to read that for you before we sing. It's from the message. Philippians 3, 12, 14. I'm not saying that I have all this together, that I have it made, but I am well on my way, reaching out for Christ, who has so wondrously reached out for me. Friends, Don't get me wrong. By no means do I count myself an expert in all of this. But I've got my eye on the goal where God is beckoning us onward to Jesus. I'm off and running and I'm not turning back. So I'm going to sing this song verses 1 and 4. I'm going to sing it twice. And... This first time, if you don't know the hymn, if you're not familiar, I just encourage you to listen and let the words seep and the tune seep into you. And then the second time, I'm going to ask you to sing along with me. If not out loud, then in your heart, um, let's find and create a little bit of heaven on earth and a little bit of higher ground for us this week and in this song.
2: I'm pressing on the upward way New heights I'm gaining every day Still praying as I onward bound Lord plant my feet on higher ground Lord lift me up and let me stand By faith on heaven and a higher plane than I have found Lord plant my feet on higher ground I want to scale the utmost height and catch a gleam of glory bright but still I'll pray till heaven I found Lord, lead me on to higher ground. Lord, lift me up and let me stand by faith on heaven's table and a higher plane than I have found. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. So let's sing
1: it again this time sing with me sing in your heart sing out loud sing with your family think of somebody who you long to be with somebody who to you is the higher ground and then think of how you can be higher ground to somebody else.
2: I'm pressing on the upward way New heights I'm gaining every day Still praying as I onward bound Lord, plant my feet on higher ground Lord, lift me up and let me stand By faith on heaven plant my feet on higher ground I want to scale the utmost height And catch a gleam of glory bright But still I'll pray till heaven i found Lord, lead me on to higher ground lord lift me up and let me stand by faith on heaven's stable land a higher plane than i have found lord plant my feet on higher ground lord lift me up by faith on heaven's table land, a higher plane than i have found lord plant my feet on higher ground
3: join me in prayer as i um pray for the black men of philadelphia um dear god i pray for um just a black men in Philadelphia as it's this is trying times of the uncertainty and the political battles and uh, the uncertainty with the trust with the police. Um, I pray that um, for the black men who do know you, that um, they can find peace in that and that they can share your truth, um, your peace and your grace to uh, other black men in, in Philadelphia. Um, God, I also pray for just the family of Walter Wallace Jr., that as um, their mom lost her son um, to just injustice and police brutality, that if they don't know you already, then they can find peace in you. Um, Peace that transpasses all understanding. God, I pray for just the unrest um, in Philly um, between um, the cops, um, between um, the, the National Guard, between each other, God, that we can find peace in you. Um, and that you can bring those who are in the wrong into justice, that, um, that you are for justice. That's who you are. Uh, you're for peace. Yes. You're for love. Yes. But you, too, are for justice. So I pray for just the black men of Philadelphia that they can find um, just their their niche, their, their peace, their understanding all in you. Um, and that Mosaic Community Church can also be a beacon of hope for them. I also pray for just the families of these black men that they can um, just find rest in knowing that um, you take care of us and that as um, David wrote in Psalms that you um, know each and every hair um, that we have. So I pray, God, that um, that you would do good things in Philadelphia. Uh, you would do good things in the community of black men. In your name I pray, amen.
4: Morning, Mosaic. My name is Brianna Wheland. I'm a member of Mosaic Community Church. And my task this morning is to offer prayer for, for folks who I don't agree with. And this is quite a challenge. I'm recording this on Friday afternoon after a week filled with hope disappointment, uh, just discouragement about the state of our world and the people I'm surrounded by. And so I am coming to you imperfect with brokenness, with anger, and just with the reality that this is hard. This week has been really hard. And this month, this season, this pandemic has been really hard for all of us. Um, And my prayer for myself and just preparing for this to share with you is that God would show me, show himself to me and reveal my heart to myself that I could see what's there. And what came to mind is that the Bible says in 2 Corinthians, as a reference to Genesis, let light shine out of the darkness. And all I felt God was saying is even my own darkness. So as much as I want to point a finger or rail against certain individuals without recognizing my own participation, complicity, general ambivalence at times there will be no healing so I'm not just praying for those people I don't agree with I'm praying for myself you know Carl Jung once said one does not become enlightened by imagining figures of light but by making the darkness conscious so what I'm admitting to you this morning mosaic is that I still have darkness and there are still many shadows of myself and I'm sorry. You know, I'm so hopeful and I'm so proud to be a part of our community of West Philadelphia, of Philadelphia generally like amazing, but also just grieving the reality of the world that we live in and struggling with my own part in that. So I'm doing some soul searching and recognition of my own part in it And allowing God to work in that place as opposed to me projecting all of my anger and disappointment onto everyone else that I would maybe view as responsible or in charge of making the change. So, my challenge to myself and to all of us is to recognize where God can work in us in this moment because I do feel hopeful. I feel like I can breathe for the first time this week, which praise God, but also feel the challenge of digging in and continuing to do this really hard work and doing it together. So that's where I'm coming from. I'm praying for those that I just so passionately disagree with while seeing myself in them too. And just recognizing my own humanity, brokenness and participation, which I don't want to admit to but I think is necessary for us to move to a place of grief and severe wounding to a place of healing and restoration. And if we can't believe for restoration, then I think we need to seek God's face more and ask for more of his Holy Spirit, because I know I cannot do this alone and without the power of who God is. So that's my prayer for myself this morning. And for those of you who it resonates with, and i just also want to recognize the that as hard as this is for me and as hard as this time has been for me i am so in a place of so much more privilege than so many and i recognize that and i grieve for the pain that has been inflicted and allowed for so long so Pray with me if you will. God, we recognize you and how big you are, God. We ask for more of you. We ask that you would infuse your Holy Spirit in each of us, that you would give us more light that brings consciousness to darkness, that you would bring hope and love and eventually forgiveness But God, we just pray that you would see us and be with us right now. I pray for myself and for those I so passionately disagree with, God, that you would give me forgiveness, that you would offer me reflective ability to just recognize my own shadows. And I pray that you would just soften hearts, God, that you would see us all along this journey that is long but does bend toward justice and love and redemption and forgiveness I don't know what that looks like God but we thank you for hope today we thank you for the promise of breathing a little bit more easily I ask for more of you God I ask for forgiveness where I continue to fail and where I have failed in the past and that you would challenge us to continue to walk on this journey you've called us all to. Thank you for Mosaic Community Church. Thank you for our community. Thank you for Philadelphia and Pennsylvania. Amen.
0: We are a member of Power Interfaith uh, Group. It is a group of, of uh, ecumenical group of people of faith who come together to use our power, our collective power, for the benefit of our overall community. We've been a part of this since before I came to be a member of the church. And with everything that's happened, power has been trying to be strategic in thinking about how we position ourselves uh, to help our community, especially when there is a need for protests and, 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 and we need to provide for those who are on the front lines for our community. And so they approached faith communities, uh, just us in West Philly, uh, two or three in in University City, where live protests take place, and to ask us if we would be a hub, a, a staging place, so that um, we could set up outside in front of the church and make sure people had water and snacks, um, that people could come and, and use the restroom if they needed, it because you're outside and there's nothing open, right? And that we would be a hub if there was particular action taking place and there was a need for lawyers, a need for medical support, a need for clergy, that we would be a place where they could meet up and and plan and strategize and, and then bring Uh, what they've decided back to the protests and the marchers and things. And so we are participating in that. Um, Right now, we are uh, on call as a church. Um, Everything right now is focused away from us. But should things happen more uh, uh, spontaneously in our community, we're going to be asked to... Um, open up our, our doors. And so I've approached the council and some staff members and I'm approaching you that we, uh, I would like us, you know, we can open our doors um, and they can come and use the place but you know that's just us giving them our building. We need to be a presence as well. And so I've asked uh, people if they can take, um, if they're available one day a week during the day or in the evening, that they would agree to either come and and be there to help open up the the church um, with our power representative, uh, Lila Saber, um, that they would come. And it would be great if we could have church members who would be there to offer comfort of water and. help maintain the bathrooms, make sure they're clean, give out snacks. If people had minor scrapes or things, be able to assist. So I'm asking you, if you would send me an email, angel at mosaicphiladelphia.org, and let me know if you can be on call for Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday during the day or at night, would you let me know when you're available? so that we can place you on the list that we're preparing, so we have people we can call. And it, it would be great if you were closer, but you don't have to be close, you just need to be able to get to us to help support this, should we need it. We, you know, the Wallace incident still may have some flare-ups with around that and protests that need to happen with regard to it because we need change. Um, protests may grow out of what may come from the, the elections and things and we want to maintain our democracy we want to make sure people all people's voices are heard and we want to be there for our community and so protests may come to us as a result of that and there's just a bunch of unknown between now and the inauguration between I don't know. you know. I don't know what could happen. So we need to position ourselves just to be ready so we can provide our community that we love so much the support and safety it needs. We also want to be there. There have been occasions when the police have kind of boxed in protesters and they needed a place to go. i read a story where a gentleman just opened up his home and let people come in so they wouldn't be arrested. We want the church to be arre- uh, available should that situation uh, happen. So we've got a plan, you know. People are going to be checked for their temperatures. We have PPE um, so that we have other volunteers who are going to make sure our bathrooms stay clean after people use it and things like that. It's been thought through. There's a plan. I want to ask you if you're willing to help that we. this is how we can participate in ending division. This is how we can love our neighbors as ourselves. So again, send me a note, angel at mosaicphiladelphia.org or please send it to to aj at, at admin at mosaicphiladelphia.org and we can uh, be ready so our community need us so think about that and i thank you
2: to hide his face
0: As we prepare to close for the day, I want to thank everybody for attending and I want to thank you for the fervent prayers that you have offered um, for the Wallace family and for the other families in our community that are constantly losing people to violence. There have been so many shootings. Um we want to pray and remember those whose homes and businesses have been broken into their livelihoods um, destroyed and and once again they're having to pull the pieces back together uh, so they they can reopen and and meet the needs in our community for the resources they carry. Um, I want you to know uh, I, I want to be fair and 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 thoughtful about how we engage, and I want to be fair in my preaching. Um, I had a conversation with Kelly and Melanie this week that, you know, this is real. You know, they are two women who live in our community and are dealing with the stores and all the looting. And um, you know, Kelly was just very poignant when she asked the question, you know, black lives matter. But when I look out and see all that looting, especially in grocery stores and pharmacies, where people are black people need their medication, they need a place where they can go get food. She said to me, I have to ask whose black life matters because we're saying all black lives matter, but we're messing around and destroying things. And so you have to ask, whose life really matters. And what we need to do as a community, as a black community, as a whole community, to ensure that the resources we have are maintained. And so we also need to challenge one another in our communities um, with that, with those kinds of thoughts. Um, So that when there are protests, when we need to speak, we need to speak with a collective voice, an empowering voice for the benefit Of all black lives for the benefit of our community so keep that in mind pray about that too I want to find ways to engage that with the community so pray for me in that as well I want to remind us that we have a um, our annual business meeting is coming up on the 14th or 15th, Sunday, November 15th, I think, um, whatever Sunday that is, whatever date Sunday is. Um, and so it's only going to be for an hour. We're going to have our service. That's going to end at 1130. Um, it's going to end before 1130 and we're going to start our, um, business meeting, um, right at 1130. So we're going to end before 11:30, and we're going to get started. It's going to be a Zoom meeting. We're going to get started right away and hold you for an hour. But we really want to talk about the future of the church, um, some of the goals and things we're looking to. We want to celebrate the successes that we've had in this. This last year, my first year, and uh, just get our margin orders for what we're going to do in the next year and, and what God, you know, what we're hearing God say to us. So, we want you to know how we're doing, we want you to know how we're doing financially. So, please do whatever you can to make sure you can attend. Please, again, look at the newsletter to get um, uh, the Zoom address uh, for our meeting and you can register in advance. And so, we'll see you then. So my prayers is that God would continue to bless you and me with creative ways, creative ways, new visions for how we engage our community so we can speak of God in ways that bring health and nurture and benefit. So I thank you again for coming, for sharing today with us. Um, be safe. God bless. Let's continue to worship.